and welcome back to Intuitive Spaces, the podcast. I'm your host, Rayla. So, a couple days after the release of my last podcast episode, my husband and I ended up getting furloughed from our positions in the service industry because the first three cases of coronavirus had popped up in our city. So for the past couple weeks, him and I have stayed indoors, maybe taking a walk or two around our apartment complex, cooking together, reading together, watching TV, and occasionally getting on each other's nerves. And in this time of uncertainty, I am doing what I've always done, turning toward my creativity. So I dug through a bunch of old notes that I've kept in my phone. Some of them are quotes. Some of them are links to books or podcasts or videos that I want to watch or read later. And then sometimes there's notes like this one from back in December of 2019 that reads, What if you had to show up to yourself as the owner of a business? You'd be the boss asking yourself, do you have what it takes to be a writer? What do you have to offer? I need someone creative, innovative, determined, empathetic, insightful, imaginative, who takes the initiatives, asks a lot of questions, and digs deep. I need someone to put in hours every single day with the potential to go full-time if you're able to commit and create. Can you do that? Now, the reason that I wrote this was because I had the idea that if I could pretend that I had a job outside of the one that I go to every day that provides me money, that I could better commit myself to becoming a writer. I have always wanted to write books ever since I was 11 years old. And the first book, I say that in quotes, that I ever wrote was after I watched the film Some Like It Hot with Marilyn Monroe, and they showed it in my eighth grade drama class. I remember being so, so inspired by that film. I loved how funny it was, how there was action, adventure, romance, just everything that I ever wanted in it. I loved how it was flashy and silly, and all I wanted to do was write a story that captured my attention as much as that film did. So that day at lunchtime, I took my little purple composition book and I sat at one of the cafeteria tables and I started writing. It was a story about mobsters, but I really liked frogs back then, so they were frog mobsters. And what did I call this? Well, the frog mob, of course. And it had all these silly names for characters like Two-Toed Jack and Menacing Mac and Sneaky Sam and I just remember having so much fun writing it and I remember a few pages into this a girl came up to me and asked me what I was writing. I'd never met her before and usually I would either spend time sitting alone eating my lunch or I would go and help the lunch ladies Uh, clean dishes and hand out lunches to everybody in return for a free lunch myself. It was a way for me to not only help out but also avoid the painful interactions that come with being an awkward, flat middle school girl with no confidence whatsoever. When I told her I was writing a story, she asked me if she could read it. Now, 
you'd think that my first reaction would be to hide it and say, oh no, it's not good, it's terrible. But I think that I was at the cusp of that age where you start thinking, oh, nobody is gonna wanna see what I what I like. But there was still that cocky kid in me that thought, well, yeah, of course you can read it. I'm good at this. I hadn't yet had anybody tell me that I was a terrible writer. And what I loved more than anything was that after she read the entire chapter, she looked up at me and said, well, where's the rest? And I thought, oh, well, I, I just started writing this. And she said, well, you have to write more. Can you write more by tomorrow? And I said, well, I, I think so. And so it went for weeks after that. Every single day, I would come up with a new chapter for her to read. She even was featured as one of my characters in a future chapter, which she absolutely adored. So with these two things in mind, this thing that I wrote in December about giving myself my dream job and going back to this childhood dream of writing books, I realized that because of the coronavirus, for the first time in my life as an adult, I don't have a job to go to. I can literally be anything that I want in the confines of my own apartment. And what I want to be within these four walls is a writer. So for the last week, every single day, I've committed myself to writing 2,000 words of a fan fiction that I started writing a few months ago just for fun. Because right now, all I can think is, why not write something frivolous? Why not write something fun? And every day as I have sat down to recommit myself to continuing this story, all I can feel is that same excitement as I felt when I was 12 years old and writing a chapter every single day for a girl that I'd never met to read. I had as much fun writing it as she did reading it. And the great thing about fan fiction is that you have the option to post your work chapter by chapter until it's finished. And I think the great thing about that is that it's so reminiscent of that time when I was 12 years old and I got to share this story that I was having so much fun writing with somebody who was having just as much fun reading it. So for the past week, I have not felt alone because I have been able to commit myself to this fun, wacky, crazy, frivolous story that has brought me so much joy. One, because I am a writer. I have given myself that job in the midst of a really uncertain and terrible time for the world. It helps to take my mind off of the things that I can't change and the things that I can't know. Because right now, everything is uncertain. We don't know if there's money coming in. We don't know when there's going to be a cure. We don't know if we're going to get sick. We don't know how long this is going to last. And the thing about the human brain is we're constantly trying to attack problems in order to solve them. But to me, what I realized early on in this situation is that we don't have enough information to work with to solve the problem. So in true American fashion, what we end up doing is worrying at a problem until we can fix it. For me, I was done with that after a couple days. I couldn't 
sit there any longer feeling powerless over my situation. I don't want to feel powerless in this situation. Yes, I am afraid. Yes, there are unknowns that keep me worrying. But there's also this incredible opportunity to reacquaint myself with that 11-year-old kid that had the dream of becoming a writer. And even though I have to stay at home every single day, I have given myself a writer residency. I have given myself the opportunity to be that which I always wanted to become. And the best part is I'm able to give myself the nourishment I need by taking these feelings of fear, of uncertainty, of all the humanity that's inside me and weaving this incredible story of action, adventure, romance, humor, heartbreak, drama. What I'm saying is we don't have the power to change what the coronavirus is doing right now except for to stay home. I don't have any answers on what to do right now other than listen to that inner child. Remember what her voice sounds like. Commit to chasing those dreams again. Even inside the four walls of your home, do the internet research. Learn something new that can give yourself that fulfillment. Chase after those things that you feel like you never had time to chase before or the energy to. This isn't just a call to action. It's also a call to addressing those feelings, maybe in a way that you never expected. Or maybe just the simple commitment to joy is a way for you to let go just for a moment so that later you can come back to it and feel like things are more manageable. All I'm saying is, you deserve joy in this time of uncertainty. You deserve to look back on your entire life and find meaning and hope and joy. To revisit those heartbreaks and traumas and find a safe way to explore them, sit with them, and take care of yourself in small, quiet ways that maybe you never would have thought of. Because for the first time, you don't have to move at a million miles an hour. Right now, maybe for the first time, you can take a deep breath and remember what makes you happy in the first place. What you wanted out of life in the first place. I hope that everybody out there is staying safe and healthy. I hope that every single feeling that you're feeling is being addressed in some way. I hope that you remember all the times in your life that you've been strong, that you've gotten through something without knowing the answers. More than anything, I hope that you're creating a tribute to every single feeling that makes up a facet of your humanity because every single feeling is precious and points to something inside you that has been touched upon and needs your attention. And maybe that's all you need to show up to every single day, recognizing each of those facets of feeling that need your attention. Not to torture you, not to make you uncertain or fearful or worried, but to inform you more about yourself. To end this episode, I wanted to share a poem I wrote about this experience of committing to doing something frivolous in order to commit to something fulfilling. You use your voice for frivolous things, and I wonder what that'd be like to step outside the cage of purpose in the hope that joy would send me in a tailspin in the sky, 
let my heart burst like rare fireworks, even if it was only the one time and no one saw it, photographed, videoed, or uploaded it, for everyone to feed their little felt likes and big insecurities too. I would just want to feel it for myself, and if I survived the shame of not changing the world, I'd spend the rest of my days unpacking the needs I've shouldered until I got to that carefree place again, the place the world whispers I shouldn't be, because it's not needed by anyone but me, or so they say. Thank you for tuning in to Intuitive Spaces, the podcast.